Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cohen II, and with me, as always, is... Sesame the Show and Carta. That's a... That's a good name. It, it's, it's a name. I, I like it not as good as the last name I chose, which was... Uh, I forgot. Yeah. What it was, but it was something. <laughs> it was something, and it was good. What was the last thing we reviewed? Uh, uh, the Troll 2. Troll 2, and I called myself um, Milbog, I think. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, today, on the show, we are covering the show. That's it's confusing. The show. Like, yes. Don't, don't yes. Uh, yeah, don't get confused by this. This is the pilot episode of a very short-lived sitcom called The Show, which aired its first episode March night, March seventeenth. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety-six, on the Fox Television Network, and it had its last episode in like June of nineteen ninety-six. Oh. So yeah, there were eight episodes total. Oh my god, really? Only eight? Um, I, yeah. I think it's interesting that it was um, March 17th, isn't that St. Patrick's Day? Yes. Oh, it's interesting, okay. And then, um... <clears throat> and, and, and the main character has an Irish last name, so... His name oh, is Tom, that's right. Tom Delaney, that's interesting, so okay, yeah. I think they did mention something about him being Irish. No, I don't think, no. whatever. Um, yeah. Uh... It's interesting that it only lasted eight. I thought it was, I mean, it was definitely a product of the time, but. Yeah. Well, who, who knows how the rest of the episodes were? I mean, this episode could have been like the gold standard of the show and the rest could have been like shit or something, you know? Yeah. I, mean, no. that's I tried looking for other episodes, but this is the only one online that I could find, so. It was the viewing room. He pretty much, or she only pretty hmm. much was on the pilot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. But even then, I did thought maybe somebody else would have put up something or everything. But I guess this was even lost for years until recently. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I was reading online, like, there was a time where Sam Cedar was looking for it and he couldn't find it. So. Why, was he in it or something? Or Sam Cedar? Yeah. He's the main character. Oh, that's Sam Cedar. Yeah, that's Sam Cedar. He oh, plays he plays Tom Delaney. Oh my God, I did not recognize him at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was Sam Cedar. That's why I wanted to cover this. So okay, <laughs> I, I watch Sam Cedar like all the time on the majority yeah. report. Yeah, yeah, he's a lot younger here. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but Tom Delaney is played by Sam Cedar. And then in the cast, you also had in this pilot, who I don't believe appears in any other episode, is Paul Giamatti. Yeah. As his friend Jeffrey. Um, you've got uh, Maestro Clark and um, 
and uh, Chris Spencer and uh, Takia Crystal Kamen or Kamen, um, you know, a bunch of uh, really funny people. Um, supposedly, I actually he's listed as being in this episode, but former guest of the show Mark Christopher Lawrence is supposedly in the episode somewhere, but I as a character named Chris, but I don't remember seeing him unless he looks a lot different. Oh. Um, no, he was on Chuck for years. Um, for the whole series that is played big Mike on there, but I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this episode now just to see if I can find uh, Mark in it. Um, right. yeah, he might've been one of the entourage type people or something. And that's, you know, yeah. Cause they didn't show too many of them close up. So like, mm-hmm. He may have been like one of like the background people or something. Yeah, and he's supposedly in four episodes of the series. So, okay. um, and then it looks like I'm looking at the cast and like for the other episodes, and then they they added a different white guy later. So my assumption is that Paul Giamatti was in the pilot, couldn't do the series or something, and then they replaced his character with a new white guy friend or something. <laughs> That's my guess. You know, so anyways, um, original uh, uh, initial thoughts here on this episode before we get too uh, deep into it. Uh, it was it was actually, um, I think, surprisingly good. I, cause I wasn't, you know, like with these pilot stuff when, you know, show only get like half a season or whatever, you know, you start to wonder if it's any good or not. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was decent. You know, again, I, I definitely a product of his time and, and some some aspects of it but um but you know i i laughed i thought it was pretty funny you know i you know i wasn't like you know bored to tears or anything like that like with some of the shows we watched um like uh <clears throat> dr paradise yeah <laughs> minus the one character who played a psychiatrist yeah one of your anyway, um but like i mean it was it's like an average comedy you know like i wouldn't call it great but i i mean come on we had two broke girls for like six seasons yeah i mean this 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 was better than that better than a lot of a lot of shows that lasted seasons you know big bang theory i mean did i say that um anyway so uh (laughs) the uh (laughs) yeah uh you know the you know, the shows that are old enough to, you know, sign up for the military, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> shows that should have been canceled after the second or third season. Um. Anyway, so um, <laughs> at the most. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, boy, there's nothing, nothing better than outstaying your welcome here, folks. Um. <laughs> anyways, um, I, I, I liked the I liked the show. I thought it was pretty good. Um surprisingly good actually i mean yeah it was definitely like you said a product of its time um some of the jokes wouldn't necessarily fly today but yeah you know that's just the way it is it's just mm-hmm. the way it is baby it's just the way it is yeah <laughs> um anyway so <laughs> but uh so what happens here in this uh in this episode, uh, Sesame. Uh, well, um, the the what's his name? T- uh, Delaney. What's his, his yeah, Tom name? Tom Delaney is the main character played played by Sam Cedar. Yeah, isn't that the same name as the guy from Blink One Eighty Two? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> that would be interesting if that was the character. But anyway, uh, 
he he uh, gets a job. Um, he well, he initially <laughs> writes for uh, Jay Leno, and um, he ends up getting uh, an offer from a guy who's gonna like, uh, I guess, pay him more or whatever. And uh, his wife is like, or his girlfriend is like, oh, you're uh, thinking of Tom DeLonge. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would have been a good show, though, if it was the actor or the actual person from Blink-182 <laughs> as a writer for a TV show. But anyway, um, yeah. I'm myself ideas here. But uh, and it's all about aliens because he's like really into it. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so is Dan Aykroyd. They could probably do a show together. Anyway, so um, uh, his girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure. Um, which, but um, character's name is Allison Delaney, so I'm assuming they're married. Oh, okay. Unless they're both it's... dating each other and have the same last name, which would be weird. Well, then they might be related, and that's you know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, she's like, you can't do that, and he's like, why not? Because that's a a black show, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's gonna be one of these things mm-hmm. where it's like they're gonna like make race like the the front and center of it but like do it in a really bad way you know because it's 1996 you know but um and it's like you do you even know like an actual single black person in your own life like you know like a friend and he's like uh like i know of some and you know whatever so that's like kind of what sets us up for the show and then um he ends up uh showing up to the office and then like the guy who's like at like the front desk he's like uh did you see the bodyguard or whatever after he asked him like where the office is he's like yeah he's like what did you think about it he's like well i'm not really you know a big kevin costner fan he's like i'm not talking about kevin costner i'm talking about whitney and like todd looks over and sees like a basically like a shrine made to whitney Whitney, yeah and he's like, oh, Whitney's, she's like the best or whatever. And then she's like, okay, yeah, you can go to the office. Like, you got to pass this test, I guess. Like, you know, <laughs> whether or not you like Whitney Houston. So I thought that was kind of funny. It was like a nice little bit, you know. Um, good shows tend to have these little things. And, yeah. Know, do them right. They're good. If you do them wrong, then you're not Then they're pissing go. Anyway, so um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? I hear what you said. What I you said, said. And, and then they're Bazinga. And, um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Or did I do that? Anyway, so, um... They... <laughs> <laughs> Which was better than Bazinga. Anyway, so, um... <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't dislike the big... Yeah, I do. Anyway, so, um... <laughs> so... Basically, yeah, we get we got this whole situation where he he says, you know, how lovely Whitney was in the movie and stuff too, which was funny. Um, then what? Then what goes on here? We we go we go in and he meets with the uh, with the the star of this uh, of this late night show, um, played by uh, played by Maestro Clark, named Wilson Lee, is the name of the character. That's the only thing I, I complain about here is that I think the the actor has a better name than his character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, he looks familiar. I don't know if I've seen him. I must have seen him something because um, let me see what he's been in. He was in. I'm, uh, I'm sure I've seen him in a few. He's in a lot of things. Uh, he was in uh, um, 
does a lot of like voice work and stuff like that, but he was he's did uh stuff like Keenan and Kel. Um he does a lot a lot of voice work. He he did the voice of uh Will Smith's character in Men in Black the video game. Um he Yeah, it looks like he does a lot of voiceover work too. Um and he was in like the Shield and Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. He hasn't really done anything since twenty or uh, two thousand nine. So yeah, there we go. Okay, so yeah, Mistro M Y. I think that'd be Maestro M Y S T R O. That'd be Maestro, wouldn't it? That'd be yeah. Yeah, that's his name, Maestro Clark. But yeah, he he was pretty funny though. I thought in this episode. Um. Yeah. So so what what uh. He goes in and he meets with them and basically is hired and there's this whole like scene of, you know, black people and white guy. <laughs> Pretty much but that was it. It's like, yeah. oh get it? Yeah. He's the one in in a room full of black people. Mm-hmm. The fish out of so, water sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, he's uncomfortable because he's the only white guy mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. And then uh and it's like Again, like 1996 type of, mm-hmm. you know, type of way of dealing humorously with that kind of issue, you know, whatever. Um, and then, like, his one of his entourage guys kind of sort of insults him, and then he, like, takes him out of the room, like, I need to have a chat with one of my, you know, entourages. You can hear them, like, arguing with each other, like, right outside the door. And then, like, you know, he, like, makes the guy, like, apologize, basically. And he doesn't even really give him, like, a full-on apology, but, like, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, you know, that type of thing. And then he's, you know, he's got, you know, then, like, the next, he's, like, you could even, you know, hire a, another white guy to, like, hang around with you or whatever, you know, if you yeah. feel better or whatever. So that's where Paul, uh, Giamatti's character you know, comes in. Comes in later, yeah. Um, we, we start out where we... Yeah. We, we see the, the writer's room, which is made to look like um, Wilson Lee's uh, apartment that he grew up in to keep him humble. It, it looked like a nice apartment. It had a computer. Yeah. Had a, you know, I, I, could do, I could see myself doing some good writing in there. Yeah, but I mean, they probably just put the computer in there for the writing purposes. I doubt he grew up in Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Especially when this is set in 1996 and not many people had computers, like, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that wouldn't make much sense. Like yeah. One or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if you're rich, because those computers were selling for like $5,000 back then. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for inflation, that would be like $10,000 computer or something like that. Um, It'd be the cost of buying Twitter. And, um, yeah. <laughs> And then laying off half of the... Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh, anyway, um, Elon Musk is a, a terrible person. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we he's he's in the room, and then we get the, the rest of the staff comes in, and, of course, they're all, you know, African-American people. Um, you've got all guys, one girl. Uh, Takiya Crystal, uh, Kima's, uh, Kima's character, uh, plays... Uh, this the one female writer um and you've got uh one of the uh one of the writers like the kind of like uh stubborn one um 
is uh, named Trent Vance, played by Chris Spencer. Chris Spencer is actually a well-known uh, stand-up comic who uh, I listened to a really good interview on WTF with Mark Marin with him. Speaking yeah. of people that know Sam Cedar and used to host a show with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. If, if you get a chance to look that up, it's a really good interview with Chris Spencer. He's a, seems like a really cool guy. Um, yeah. He, he's like the stubborn, like, you know, I don't want to deal with this stuff. And, you know, he has like this whole thing where he's trying to figure stuff out. Like at one point where, uh, talks about uh the whole uh thing about like you know shouldn't you be writing on some show like friends or something and telling uh telling them uh you know why don't they have any you know black friends on that show and he says you can tell me they can find a monkey in new york city but can't find a black friend to hang out with right um which is interesting yeah to make it yeah, nineteen ninety six because that was that that was more of like a later on critique, at least from Yeah, I, I mean they, they critiqued it before. Like it's been a critique now, like like since uh Friends got popular again when it was on Netflix and now on HBO oh. Max, you know, and streaming, a lot of people were pointing that out, like while why there's no like, you know, why all the friends are white, basically, you know, there there's no uh you know, the the only you know you have a side character here and there who's like a person of color, but that's it, you know. Well, not only that, I mean, like, hmm. there, there wasn't even very many black people, like, even in the background, like, just walking oh, no. around. You know what I mean, so it was like, and and, and you're and you're living in in nineteen uh, nineties New York City, which is like one of the most right. diverse you know cities in the country at the time, right? And, like, you know, so <laughs> then they finally shoehorned some like black woman near the end where Joey and and Ross. Oh yeah, you, if you you had a. Uh, you had um, what's her face, uh, the girl from Criminal Minds, and uh, whose line is it anyway? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, really- yeah. She 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 was on it. Um, <laughs> former Talk Soup host too. Um, yeah, the uh, wow, that's gonna bother me now that I can't think of her name, but it's okay. I'll look it I know. up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know. Wait, was it Aisha something? Aisha Tyler. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> it was just one of the one of those brain farts. Like I'm a big fan of hers, and I totally just blanked on her name. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. The the um. Yeah. She was like one of the only black characters you ever saw on that show. So. <laughs> um. But yeah. So you did have a good point there in 1996 because that's like you know while the show's at its apex, you know they're you know, bringing that up because the show was only on like a couple seasons at that point. So yeah, it was yeah. Like their second or third season. Yeah. And, uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, what else, what else happens here? We, oh, we have a scene where, uh, you know, Paul Giamatti's character of Jeffrey comes in um, and he basically totally fails the, fails the Whitney Houston test. Um <laughs> Yeah, he with, does. With the receptionist. <laughs> yeah, because he basically talks about how she's way over the top and all this other stuff. So um but he, he gets in there into the writer's room and uh you know they're, they're realizing that there's two white guys in there and they, you know, bring up the friend stuff and everything, like I said. Um what uh yeah, and speaking of, of his character, I did find 
a little bit about why he was only in the pilot. Larry Wilmore, you know, the um, writer of the on The Daily Show and had his own show on Comedy Central for a short time and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and he wrote mm-hmm. for a lot of sitcoms over the years and everything. He worked on this show. And uh, he, he said in an interview, um, I worked on a show for the Fox Network called The Show, which was about a white guy who joins the writing staff of a black sitcom. It was a solid idea and fun to work on while it lasted. We had a fantastic actor for the pilot. He was extremely funny and just brilliant, but Fox didn't want him for the series because they thought he wasn't good-looking enough. That Uh, man's name, Paul Giamatti. uh, He is one of the best character actors of our time, and Fox deemed him not quite attractive enough. Um, Paul could not have been a nicer guy, and he couldn't have been more hilarious when the staff heard the news we were like this is insane why do they not like this guy it was such uh typical network bullshit yeah so (laughs) because like you know when i think of like writers of a tv show i think oh these are the people who should be super attractive and front and and center oh wait the, the guy they replaced him with the the I'm assuming because I haven't seen the other episodes, but the only other white main character that is listed for other episodes is a actor named Tom McGowan, and he's not unattractive, but he's not more or less attractive than Paul Giamatti in my opinion. So it's like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just typical. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, because like he was, I mean, like, I mean, he was like. Like, you know, like, basically, like, preparing for, like, an all-out race war, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, like, his character was just so paranoid. He's like, it's like, he's like, they hate us. Like, I don't hate them. They're the ones that are, like, gonna, you know, take over or whatever. Like, basically, like, all of the fears that we're seeing. You know, and it, 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 it's interesting, too, though. Like, this was uh, before... Paul Giamatti went on to do Donnie Brasco, Private Parts, um, Saving Private Ryan, The Truman Show, Dr. Doolittle, um, you know, all those, Cradle Will Rock, um, a lot of, like, really good movies, like, within a, a, a year or two after that, you know? So I know. It's like, I know, seriously. Yeah. It was like a huge, like, <laughs> he was at so many movies during that, like, four years. Then he was in that... Um, that really, um, oh, I forgot the name of it, but um, it was like a pop. I didn't like it that much, but it was like a really popular movie that was kind of like a indie kind of film, but it wasn't indie at the same time. It was like uh, maybe Sideways, maybe. Yeah, Sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Thomas popular. Hayden Church. Yeah, um, I didn't yeah. that much, but it was like a really popular. Film. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, he was in all kinds of stuff. But yeah, he was like all super paranoid about like doing a black show and and you know that they're gonna you know seek revenge or whatever and then like uh like apparently um uh what was the guy's name lee uh uh what's the main what's the main guy's show who's like the actual oh uh, wilson lee yeah. Yeah, Wilson Lee apparently didn't like the script even though he didn't read it. Yeah. Because 
one of his entourage yeah, named Ch- chocolate Ch- chocolate Walt. Yeah, chocolate Walt read it mm-hmm. and didn't like it, so therefore he didn't like it, which is weird yeah. because okay. So then he told him that he has to go from wacky town to funny town. Yeah. And then just this whole bit about going to wacky town or whack town into funny town. And they decided Yeah, they they did they had decided that instead of doing this Mike Tyson sketch, they were going to do a sketch called uh, Dennis Menace to Society. Which I wanna see. But anyways, um Dennis the Menace to Society. Yeah. Um (laughs) that's that was a good pun I like what he said too was uh waiting for what what's next? Waiting for Malcolm X but Malcolm to exhale or something like that. I thought that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> there were some pretty good ones in this episode. Um yeah, there was. Uh, the uh, yeah, and uh so, so so while he's off talking to the guy, they they drop off these props for the new sketch. These these prop guns in the in the writers room. And we have this whole like little <clears throat> thing where they're all pretending to do scenes from Quentin Tarantino movies. And and it seems like the, you know, that Jeffrey and the and 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 the black uh, writers are all getting along now, so it's like funny. But then Tom walks into this and he sees everybody pointing guns at each other, and uh, he picks up one of the guns at one point, and uh, and then Wilson walks in and he basically threatens Wilson with a gun about you know like you know you're not gonna you know mess with me sort of thing, and yeah, what else happens here? Yeah. Revealing his his latent prejudices of like oh like yeah. you know you know, like you know you know type of thing like he said something too like oh you know I, I thought it was some liberal from Massachusetts or something like yeah. that and like assumed that like and it's like dude really you assume that they're gonna get into a gunfight mm-hmm. writer in a writer's in room, room. <laughs> at a Hollywood TV show in a Hollywood studio just because yeah. they. <laughs> Black show, like yeah. I guess the type of show was maybe supposed to be like make some kind of like in living color, just because like yeah. The... I mean, they had sketches and stuff, but I mean, it could be too that like it could be like a like a like 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 a Tonight Show or an Arsenio Hall show or something, but also had sketches because like Tonight Show would have sketches from time to time. Oh, okay. and, you know, yeah. I mean, because like all the late night shows would from time to time have little sketches here and there. So yeah. So you might be writing, you know, monologue jokes and then writing a sketch. Yeah. But it was oh, yeah. it's hard to tell, though, what, you know, we probably would have found out more later, you know, like if it was a, if it was more like In Living Color or Saturday Night Live or if it was more like The Tonight Show or Arsenio Hall, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So what, uh, what else happens here? Um. See, I think they resolve the issue, and um, yeah, Wilson. You know, they, they they find out. You know, they tell they tell uh, they tell Tom that it's a that it's a prop gun. He realizes it's made of rubber, and that uh, there's a, you know, um, they have a little one on one talk about things, and basically, you know, he real he he admits that he doesn't want to do the uh. Tyson sketch because he's afraid that Mike Tyson's going to beat him up, basically. So, yeah. Right, yeah, that's right. That's what uh, Wilson, he said, you know. Yeah. 
why he does that was that was like shortly after the whole um you know the ear biting thing right? yeah yeah i think it was so uh yeah that was the real reason and then he offers you know tom to triple his pay when he's make it from jay leno so he's like all right yeah you're on you know yeah type of thing and then we do get kind of like a an end scene where like mike pike like mike tyson punches wilson or whatever you know like, yeah so we, was, we, so we assume he did tom sketch then yeah so yeah we're assuming that they went with it yeah and uh well there was one line and interesting too because sometimes like you know when you watch older shows or movies or whatever like you know we have the tendency or, or at least i have the tendency to think that like you know like some of these issues really weren't like brought up back then but like yeah. some actually were because like um because wilson when he was talking to tom you know alone you know, like near the end of the episode he was saying stuff like like like, look, like you, you've been dealing with race for like five minutes, and look how you've reacted. Like, you know, imagine living like this your whole life, you know. And like, that's what people are talking about now. Like, like it's some new thing. Like, well, this is 1996, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, and 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 yeah, like you were saying too, with uh, with with uh, Paul Giamatti's character there too, you know, acting originally like the, it, he was kind of like almost like the the what do you call those those uh. People that think like, uh, you know, whites are going to be replaced, you know, sort of thing too, you know. So he is, yeah, because his thing yeah. was like, was like, I don't hate them, they hate me, so mm-hmm. I need to protect myself. Like mm-hmm. it was like a weird, you know, like kind of thing, you know. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it, like it was interesting, and, and and it's really interesting that this kind of had like a political slant to it in a way, and then Sam Cedar went on to become like a very interesting political commentator so yeah all right the majority report is one of like my my sort of um staples you know political stuff like i watch young turks and stuff but like i don't know sometimes the majority report seems a little bit more um like nuanced or at least they they seem less performative i guess it sometimes seems like um like they're just sort of talking, you know, about what's yeah, and, going on. And it's funny, like the because uh, Larry Wilmore worked on this show too, and um, the original name of the nightly show with Larry Wilmore was going to be the Minority Report. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which is interesting too. So, yeah, <laughs> wasn't he? He hosted a show after. Colbert, but I forgot what that was called. Or was it after the Daily Show? It, it was called the Nightly Show. Yeah, that's right, Nightly Show. I, I like that. That was that yeah, because cool. that was originally supposed to be called the Minority Report, but uh, oh, okay. they uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, there was originally that at at the same time when that was coming out, there was a uh, <clears throat> um, Minority Report, like the the you know the Tom Cruise movie. Um, there was a TV series based on that movie. Oh. coming out at the same time and they didn't want to have any confusion even though they're two totally different types of shows and on totally different networks but they still just didn't want to have those out at the same time out of fear of like you know lawsuits or anything you know right yeah yeah okay yeah 
Yeah, because it was originally yeah the show the yeah it says the show was originally um going to be called the Minority Report or the Minority Rapport like you know because it's going to follow the Colbert Rapport um oh, with, okay. Larry, with Larry Wilmore the because it would be like the Minority Rapport with Larry Wilmore so it rhyme and uh, which was suggested by John Stewart it was later changed as a result of receiving backlash from um Fox as they intended to use the same title for an upcoming series. Based on the 2002 film, yeah. So, right. Yeah, but then that's funny because then, uh, huh. um, Sam Cedar's show has a similar name. <laughs> the Majority Report. Yeah, you know what I mean. What I just think it's kind of funny how it's all kind of circular. <laughs> sure, what, what even yeah. what that phrase means, or how they came up with that, or yeah, uh, I'll have to look into that. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, but it's just funny how titles are, you know, connected somehow. Anyways, um, any final thoughts here on this up ep- on this episode? Uh, not really. Just other than that, I I had no idea that that was Sam Zeter, and, um, <laughs> and you know that was a decent uh, attempt. Uh, probably would have been better if they gave him more than eight, eight episodes mm-hmm. to to kind of get you know to. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of shows, especially Fox at that time, was you know notorious for never giving any kind of show to find its footing. Because I mean, this was like maybe a f- couple years or so before uh, before Firefly and stuff like that. You know, they they would there'd be shows that got really good critical ratings, and then Fox just didn't care or give them time to find an audience. So right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. Well, it kind of reminds me, you know, <clears throat> with the whole <clears throat> Warner Brothers, um, Discovery Plus, and what's it now, Next Star or whatever. Yeah, well, Next Star owns CW now, and they're now they're they're just doing something because they're trying to make money because CW never made money. I understand. Oh. I understand what they're doing from a uh, financial standpoint, from mm-hmm. a creative standpoint, not at all, but. Yeah. But a lot of it, I I do lay I lay I lay a lot of it on Next Star, but I also lay a lot of it on um, WB uh, Discovery. You know, so it's like um, there's a you know where they could actually maybe shop some of these shows that they produce to other places. But then again, they're doing their whole like house cleaning thing now too. Like they just canceled uh, Westworld recently, and uh, they canceled the. Uh, before it even started filming the reboot of Degrassi that they were going to produce, they're they're basically oh. cleaning house on their whole uh, their their whole scripted television. So you know, and and Westworld got good ratings. I mean, I never yeah. I never really watched it, but I'm just saying that that's just kind of sad that they're even doing it to a show that had was was received well. You know, um. I can understand maybe cutting ties with a show that like like Degrassi, even though I would have liked to seen it, but like a show that was started under the old regime and they just want to get rid of it before they it even starts filming because it's easier to cancel something before it starts, which I understand financially. But a show that seems to be getting decent ratings like Westworld made no sense to me. Um but also like Nexstar, they're trying to make money on their uh on their end with uh cw um by uh any way they can so <clears throat> trying to change the demographic a little to get you know 
more households makes sense logically, I guess. Um, also, what they're going to do, a lot of it is probably do some more like reality television to cut the budget. And uh, I heard a lot of like, uh, um, which the CW did during uh, the pandemic and they and it actually worked for them getting some decent ratings was uh, importing shows from other countries from like Australia and Great Britain and Canada and places that speak English. So okay. if they import shows that are already produced, they don't have to produce anything. Right. Yeah. And so they're saving money on production and they're just airing and, you know, so it, it, I, I think it's, it's asinine and I'm sad about it because there was a lot of shows on there I liked, but I mean, nothing's safe on there. Not even like, uh, the Walker shows, which are doing pretty well on there and, uh, other, you know, like, um, they have like, uh, the Winchesters, which is a supernatural, um, prequel show that is doing decent and stuff like that i don't think any of those are safe i think i don't see any of those lasting more than a year or two and i mean definitely like superman and lois probably doesn't have much longer either because of uh, everything too in my opinion i don't i don't see it happening I, I i see them almost like cleaning house completely yeah eventually i mean with star yeah. girl sure. yeah hopefully someone else can pick that up because yeah that show there's so much more than three seasons uh yeah i mean i i don't know if i don't know if warner brothers will discovery will shop it around anywhere or if they're just gonna you know cut ties completely and just say that's that's all she wrote and let the fat lady sing sort of thing you know really stupid of them to do that but yeah or tell the rights to someone else at least yeah well i mean they would still have to produce it um because warner brothers owns dc so it'd have to be produced by them so it's uh you know, or at least co-producing and get permission to be produced. So, yeah. Uh, who knows? And they're not the type that would give, you know, another studio rights to produce anything. Because most of their most of their uh, comic book uh, material has been produced in-house since the, oh. like, 90s. So, well, I guess the only yeah. thing I can hope and pray for is that their network completely crashes and burns after all this. So... Yeah. You know, that's the only thing I guess, you know, I, you know, I'll be like general Lux from Star Wars. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, Un- I don't. Unfortunately, I see both of the things surviving because they're making financial decisions and not creative decisions. And unfortunately, well, sure. unfortunately, you know, capitalism rules and it's going to be what happens, I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be successful for a time, but I think hopefully it'll eventually crash and burn. I mean, because eventually you're going to run out of uh, stuff to show. Like, you, there's only so much. Uh, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, if if you start producing things like reality shows, you can keep doing that. Because I mean, we've seen all of these like HGTV and whatnot produce like the same show over and over again. Um, you know, vaguely Christian couple helps fix houses and um... <laughs> vaguely Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you know you, you'll you'll throw in like a a curveball and you have a, a, a gay couple in Detroit fixing houses, um, which I like that show. My... <laughs> what? That's just it though. See, they yeah. already have that work for that. So yeah, but they'll, what? they'll, they'll put it on, they'll put it on regular TV, you know, over air TV. So you don't have to have cable and people will still probably oh, eat, it, eat it up. And, yeah. You know, okay. so, yeah. Um, I, I mean, cause we, we had that time where, you know, a lot of reality TV, like, uh, you know, Extreme Makeover Home Edition was like really popular and different things like that, you know. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. 
and and even your even your like you know game shows like your Who Wants to Be a Millionaire that were popular and whatnot that you know were cheaper to make. So yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 when you're gonna want like you know appointment television, you're gonna have to go to streaming services, and uh, that's gonna be you know fewer between two because a lot of that you would have like second aired things, but I don't know, it's gonna things are gonna have to consolidate for things to make any sense, like financially. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But any other thoughts here before we wrap things up? Uh, no. no. Okay. Well. I enjoyed the show. I hope you guys enjoyed the show if you watched it, um, which I hope you did before you listen to this. Um, anyways, um, be sure to, uh, speaking of shows, uh, check out all2real2.com. Check out our T Public and our Patreon and all of our, you know, places you can listen to the show. You know, you know what you should do? Instead of just listening to us on one podcast service, watch, listen to us simultaneously on two. No, that seems weird. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a little. But, uh, you know, and uh, just if you want to, just give us money. That'd be good, too. Yeah, sure. I'm not desperate. Um, But anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um... <laughs> Do I sound desperate? Yeah. Um, But um, remember, most of all, be good to each other. Remember that I love you, and Sesame loves you. Yeah, true. And, and until next time, bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Thank you.